This is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know it, I'm telling you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments from my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Scott. Okay. Welcome everyone to Hans Shot First. I'm Jeff, joined as usual by Scott and Alex. Say hello. Hello. All right, and today to start the holiday spirit or continue it, I'm not sure what we're doing here, but uh, Christmas Vacation, go. Okay, Christmas Vacation, 1989. Oh, wait, I got to interrupt. National Lampoon. Sorry, yes. Yeah. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Uh, Use any other Christmas Vacation. Yeah, 1989. Although... National Lampoon, the National Lampoon brand seems to be more direct to, well, I guess video is not the correct term anymore, but direct to cable than anything else these days. Straight to Netflix. Yeah, well, maybe not even Netflix. But yeah, they they had this, showing movies going for a while was between Animal House and this. They that loaded weapon. (laughs) Another weapon. One. (laughs) Not the sequels. (laughs) <laughs> so 1989 and just get this out of the way real quick I don't, I don't know if you guys are fans of the movies but if you are which which is your favorite of the vacation movies um, obviously probably this one obviously it's not going to be European vacation but. probably this one just that I've seen it more I, like vacation I saw very like a lot later and why I like it, I just think I just this one I like more because I saw it in the theater when it came out, and just I don't know. But they're both both of those movies are good. European Vacation I've actually never seen. Uh, I'm sure it's not as bad as everyone says. It's, Maybe it is. It's not. I mean, it's not horrible. It's got boobs. It does have boobs. So does. Uh, is it is the first one boobs? Oh. I don't remember. I don't yeah, think so, but I don't remember. With the oh. lady in the swimming pool. I don't. I don't think she gets naked. Yeah, she does. All right, I'll, I'll take your yeah, word on it. Hey. Well, it was stunt. It was stunt boobs because only Christy Brinkley was getting naked. When it comes to boobs, don't question my authority. I think you're wrong, Alex. And um, the only is the, the fourth one is Vegas Vacation, right? Yes. Are there any others? They they did the remake recently. You're right. Which I have not seen. Yeah, I haven't seen that one either. Same. So this was. What's your guys' favorite? The Travelocity commercials. Uh, the, this one, just on the strength of Randy Quaid. Is, which, as we'll get to later on here. Yeah, I think this is the first quote-unquote vacation movie I saw, so I like this one the best. I, and it's about Christmas. I, I don't know what this movie was rated, but it's in that weird spot uh, where there's definitely some, some PG-13 borderline R stuff going on. There's a but, lot of fecal matter. But they, they geared a lot of the jokes towards the younger audience. So, the movie's kind of all over the place when it comes to the humor. Uh, so, in the grand tradition of the, the vacation movies, Chevy Chase's character, Clark Griswold, of the Griswolds, wants wants to have this, this big uh, Christmas family get-together. He's got it all planned out in his head, and it's going to be great. Just like any other two movies, we're just going to go on vacation. 
uh, of course, everything rapidly starts to fall apart. In this movie, Chevy Chase works at a like an accounting firm, I think. I don't know exactly where he's supposed to be, but he his boss is uh, Brian Dolan Murray. Brian again. Doyle Murphy. Murray. 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 <laughs> and he's kind of a jerk. You see Chevy Chase be Chevy Chase here. He's kind of a smartass. Kind of goes back and forth between actually being pretty clever towards just being a complete buffoon. Uh, which leads to uh, my first big laugh in the movie, which is when they, they go to get the Christmas tree. Uh, so Clark's got it in his head that they're going to go out with the family and cut down their own tree. Uh, they're in Chicago, I think, around the suburbs of Chicago. And they go out into the, into the woods to get one, a place where you can do it legally, I guess. And they, they, you know, through some shenanigans, they managed to get it back to the house. And he's got it out in the driveway. And the thing's like, <laughs> he's like 15 feet tall, at least. There's no way it's going to fit in his living room. Uh, and the, the yuppie neighbors come home. And this is back when they, they had yuppies. Elaine Bennis. When yuppies were the villains in all the movies. It's kind of a 80s staple. For no real reason. Gotta see the baby. <laughs> Yeah, it was Julia Louis-Dreyfus. I never recognized her until I was an adult and yes. watched the movie again. This was her and some other dude. Yeah, yeah they were just complete yeah, yuppies. But yeah, they were yuppies, but all this bad stuff kept happening to them. And, I mean, for no real reason. Yeah, that's, like, that's the... Happy. Yeah, that's, that's you know, <laughs> movie for Brian Trope, where <laughs> bad stuff can happen to people as long as they're jerks. Like, it's okay at that point. People's lives can be ruined as long as they were jerks to the main character. But, uh... I would say it's not bad. Bad things can happen to people who aren't the main characters. That's true, too. Like, I always love, like, in romantic comedies where the girl's with the perfectly normal guy, but then that's not the main character. The other main character comes in the picture, and then she'll totally end up ditching that guy, but he wasn't the main character, so no one really cares. Now he's with... Um... Zach Galifianakis. <laughs> <laughs> You got a, a one of those romantic comedies. <laughs> you got not, a red factor like, name generator. Not, not really <laughs> who I think of when I think of romantic comedy leading men, but sure, why not? Uh, but yeah, yeah, just just to add on to what Jeff's saying, it's it's usually hilarious when they have to ditch the guy because you know in the script they have to find a reason for it so you don't hate the main character. It's usually the woman that leaves the dude that right. they that's like the harder part for whatever reason. But like in uh, I think it was. Sleepless in Seattle, she leaves Bill Pullman because he uses a... Uh, Was it a humidifier? Yes, thank you. She she leaves Bill Pullman because he uses a humidifier. That was the reason. Like, <laughs> perfectly normal dude. Nothing wrong with him. Oh, but he uses a humidifier. He has asthma. Fuck that guy. <laughs> he has a hard time breathing at night. What an asshole. Ladies... Everybody has baggage, okay? Yeah, then, then it's okay for for her to leave him for Tom Hanks. For so, I, is, it Spider, is it Spider-Man 2 where Mary Jane leaves her dude who's like an astronaut? or Yeah, he's like an astronaut. He doesn't do anything wrong except he doesn't kiss well upside down or something. And that's... <laughs> well, she was just testing to see if he was Spider-Man. Yeah, it was the same bullshit in the notebook if, if you saw that. I well, I mean, he was a mutant. You can't really... No it might have been this, even the same actor. Yeah, that was Cyclops. In Spider-Man? 
Oh, no. I forget who the, the guy was in Spider-Man. But yeah, same thing. Know. The guy's like a decorated war hero. He's rich. He's nice to her. Like, yeah, you don't do anything wrong, ever. Yeah. And then, no, but she's, she's just not Spider-Man. Yeah, but yeah, then it's the same thing in the notebook. He's just, he happens to not be, uh, what's his face? Frederick Tatum. Ryan Gosling. Yeah, Frederick Tatum. <laughs> well, nobody, no lady would leave Frederick Tatum. Yeah, he was... No. <laughs> they can't, for one. I would definitely make orphans of his children. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, champ, they do have a mother. Yes, but I would imagine that she would die of grief. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Anyways. Stay on topic. So... He's got the 15-foot or more tree out in the drive. Sorry, just sorry to go back. The one thing I want to talk, when they go to get the Christmas tree, um, the driving and the whole, that's one of the Christy Brinkley scenes, right, in this movie? No, no, no. So that the analog of that comes later. What happens in the okay. first scene is there's these rednecks, this old beater. Right, that's the part off And he gets pissed off. And he does this funny thing where he's like, oh, Oh, look, a deer! And he points over the side, and my whole family's looking over, and he gives him a finger. Yeah, that was the scene <laughs> I was going to bring up, because my dad would do stuff like that. Like, what's that over there? And I could totally just flipping the guy off. Or he'd stick his hand, like, between my brother and I, like, past our heads, and we didn't see what he was actually doing. <laughs> <laughs> Only happened a few times, but it was definitely memorable. So... Yeah. Wait, let me ask you this for road rage, because they're totally. Do you guys ever flip people off? I've never flipped a person off in my car. Um, I think I did once. It was a really dick move. Like, I've honked and, like, shaken my, like, you know, <laughs> old grampy fist, but I've never actually flipped anyone off. I don't uh, think I have. I did once because uh, it was some asshole that was in the left turn lane, but then he, he, he cut off everybody else to make a right all of a sudden. It was bizarre. Oh, yeah, so I flipped him off. I know a bunch of other people did too. So. Yeah, we got Scott, stay on topic. Yeah. Why you keep I know, sorry. 13 foot Christmas tree in the driveway. <laughs> uh, the, the yuppie neighbors come home and they start doing that rich people thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. Well, rich yeah, people yeah. in the 80s used to do that. The Thurston yeah. Owls. Yeah, Thurston Owls. They, they're like, oh, I'd like to buy some cheese and some butter. You, sir, are an asshole. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I should say you are. <laughs> they, they're talk, they laugh about how they're never going to get that inside. How he's not going to be able to fit that inside the house. He comes out of the, the garage. The garage door opens up and he comes out with a chainsaw and a hockey mask. And the, the one guy calls over and says, Hey, how are you going to fit that inside your house, Griswold? And... Clark, in a rare moment of actually being clever, says, "Bend over and I'll show you." <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and the guy, and the, the guy says, "A day you say that to me." And he says, "I wasn't talking to you." <laughs> Julie, Jeffers, and so the guy just look at each other, and he goes to work on the on the tree, which is still way too big. <laughs> There's a whole scene where they they finally um they cut the twine on the thing, so all it's done yeah. is top it. The branches go everywhere. Glass is broken, and funny scene where with the tree sap, they're they're in their bed reading newspaper or magazines. Their hands get getting yeah. stuck to the, <laughs> to the pages; they can't get it off. And tree sap is the worst. Yeah. 
yeah. It's like the only bad, the only downside to having a Christmas tree. That and having to get rid of it afterwards. It does preserve dinosaur DNA, though. It does. So. Yeah, that shit does not wash off. Nope. So yeah, slowly the relatives start to arrive. Uh, again, Clark's got this whole thing where he just wants to have this big family meal and everything be perfect. Yeah, his whole thing is having the perfect uh, ideal, idealistic Christmas ever with in-laws, grandparents, everybody there. Everybody getting along and everything. And nobody else is on board with this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the families like get there, they start fighting immediately. Randy Quaid and his, which is his wife's cousin, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, right, because he's cousin Eddie. Yeah, so they show up like kind of unannounced. And he's like, oh, well, I guess we'll sleep in the the RV. And Clark feels guilty and lets him sleep in the house. Uh, <laughs> which leads to one of the funny scenes in the <laughs> in the movie where Clark's looking outside the window where the family's all up and arguing in the kitchen. And Beverly D'Angelo, who plays Ellen, the wife, comes over and gives Clark a hug. And, uh, you know, he's been looking out the window. And she says, oh, what are you looking at? And he says, oh, you know... You know, the winter snow, like the hills, some asshole dumping his chemical toilet into my sewer. <laughs> and it flashes outside. There's, oh, God, there's Randy Quaid's character, Cousin Eddie, and like a took hat and just like a wife beater. <laughs> he just yells back, shitter's full. <laughs> I think those are two different scenes. Because I think it's the Julia Lewis-Dreyfus couple that looks over at him when he says that. No. Yeah, he says it a few times. Okay. The one I remember, yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. I remember two different scenes. Anyway, they're hilarious. You know, everybody's gearing up for Christmas, and they... I think that's one of the fun parts of this movie is, you know, it's not just, oh, there's everybody gets together to Christmas and shit happens. There's the, the big setup. You know, they go through the days leading up to it. And you get Clark doing some shopping uh, in the mall. And this, here's where you get the Christy Brinkley in there's this ridiculously hot uh, counter girl. Uh, I think it's like the uh, the underwear. I don't know what it is, but lingerie section. Yeah, yeah. Clark. So, yeah, it's like lingerie. Yeah, Clark just Chevy Chase starts saying stupid stuff like, "Oh, it's nipply outside." I mean, <laughs> nipples. Why would I say that? Yeah. <laughs> this goes to this whole spiel. This whole scene like lasts like five minutes. I was watching it again today. It was kind of awkward, actually. And then the son comes up and embarrasses him because he said it's like that he was divorced. It's kind of a scummy move. Yeah, seriously. But she was really hot. In his defense. Yeah. Uh, you know, more Christmas setup. Uh, he sets up the lights, which I love personally because my, my dad go batshit insane <laughs> <laughs> yep. I don't know I don't know uh, if Jeff your dad did or if your parents were into setting out the, the frou-frous as my mom liked to call them uh, <clears throat> I mean my mom was always the big decorator I mean the, the Christmas lights outside were my dad's job but it was kind of like yeah we had this strip goes along the route, you know, everything was designed, it was the one across the, you know, the uh, awning, not the awning, the, um, the rim of the roof, I forget the damn term, and then this goes around this window, this goes around the window, that's about it. 
<laughs> in the porch. But, uh, he was not. My dad was not. Definitely not. My dad loves giving gifts. He loves that. He loves shopping for people, but which is really weird. Yeah, my, dad was, comes super, to the my dad was super into that stuff. Yeah, but when it comes like the festive holiday stuff, my dad could care less. Just give him a beer in the <laughs> evening, give him coffee in the morning, and he's good. <laughs> my mom was more the whole decorate and get happy for the holidays stuff. Yeah, my, my dad was the whole nine yards. So he would fill up the lawn with like inflatable shit and mechanical stuff and... There'd be net lights and lights going along the roof and lights going along the the, the, the overhang or the chim, whatever you want to call it. Lights going over the windows. We had a family friend come by to like paint a big Christmas thing on the big window in the front of our house. Like it, it was the full thing. And then when he got older, as we got older, he started doing the inside of the house too, where he would every year he tried out the, the village as we call it. <laughs> where he'd set up like a couple tables like on our it's like an enclosed patio but he would set up uh, it's called a manger stuff uh, yeah he'd set up like at least a couple tables and just set out like all these uh, like village miniatures with like lights and moving parts and oh god the electric bill at his house must have been fucking ridiculous <laughs> yeah he didn't care though you know and then yeah like like you're saying Jeff he loved shopping like it was funny, as, as kids, we were super spoiled. I'll fully admit that. But as we got older, it was my dad that got spoiled. It was like, he managed to instill this weird guilt trip into all of us that, like, if we didn't get him something really good, then, you know, we always felt like assholes. So it came, he came, did I mind shit, man? Yeah, he did. It came time to open gifts, and he, for like the last, like, 15 years, it feels like, he's the one that would make out like a bandit. <laughs> yeah, it's... So that's like, yeah, my dad was always, you know, and he loved the thrill of the hunt. So, you know, oh, Cabbage Patch kids are hard to get this year. I'll get five. <laughs> like, that was just, you know, my dad is with just give me your manager. I'll talk to my manager. Yeah. Do whatever he needs to do. Um, he loved the thrill. But to this day, still, he just, he called me three times today, like asking what I want for Christmas. I'm like, I, I don't even want anything. I'm like, I buy, when I want something, I buy it, Dad. I can't. And he wants to give me something, so I have to like come up with something. I can't. I've given the same speech so many times. Yeah. I'm like I'm a I'm like I'm I'm a single dude. Like, I don't have any dependents. Like every day is Christmas for me. If I want something, I'll just go buy it. Like I don't need like. And even if I did want something, like I'm not gonna ask you for it. Like, I'm just gonna feel like a jerk. I, but he for, he basically just wears me down. Yep. So finally, I'm like, all right, give me elbow pads for hockey. And then, but then he doesn't want to give me the wrong thing, so he's calling me nonstop. Is this fine? Oh, they're out of CCM. What if I get power? And I'm like, just give me elbow pads. <laughs> if I don't like them, I'll take them back and get something else. It's, so he still loves that. My mom was like, here. So my mom loves the festive part, but she she would have stopped giving me gifts when I turned 18. Like, she's, <laughs> she's like, no, we're done. So they're two totally different in regards to that. But my mom to this day still decorates the house. She puts up our old kindergarten artwork and stuff like that. So, yeah, there it is. Still got the same stocking when I was a little kid. Had the glitter glue, spelling my name in cursive. It's still somehow barely clinging to the the stocking that's put out every year. Well, glitter is the uh, the herpes in the craft industry. Anyway, well, I was going to ask one more thing. This is where I guess we're off topic, just talking Christmas. Um, Vacation. Do you guys remember being 
just like super stoked for maybe four or five years of childhood just being super stoked when it was time to put up the christmas lights or go by the christmas tree yeah like that was like the greatest thing ever like i could not look any more forward to and that was when i was old enough to know what was going on but too young to actually help do any real work <laughs> so <laughs> the just watch my mom and dad string the lights and then you know maybe hang an ornament or two on the christmas tree but just sit there and play with my stuffed santa which i still have somewhere and just like watch that was the greatest thing i, I was it was like the just knowing what was coming like all right like, it's for real now that the christmas tree's up you know get, get to open all its presents but as uh you know as after the tree would go up, got closer to Christmas, more and more gifts would get put under there because most of my family lived nearby and we knew we'd have it at our house. So just pile all the gifts underneath the tree. And there would always be this like pretty big pile around it. And I was always wondering, like, okay, which ones are mine? Which ones are mine? You know, spoiled little kid. Because <laughs> you know, we weren't allowed to pick them up. Like, that was against the rules. and test them. Like, tried to sneak a peek in there every once in a while to, like, see if I could catch my name on name tag, but parents got wise to that real quick, and they would, like, hide the name tags. So. Yeah. For us, my dad, once again, he loved Thrill of the Hunt and also loved to see the surprise. So, they would put very few presents for us underneath the tree, like, because, well, at least, you know, when the whole, spoiler alert, Santa thing was still, we were still believing in. Um, <gasps> but he, almost he all the... <laughs> He ate all the cookies except for one, and he just left the bite. I think my parents ate everything. That's <laughs> <laughs> a beer. He left some beer, beer cans in there. The okay, kids, remember to leave the beer out for Santa. <laughs> Maybe a Costco dog or two. Yes, I want to shout at you, you guys. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. So what they would do was like only put out one or two gifts for uh, me and Brian, and it would be like that's for mom and dad. Everything else is from Santa, so why would the gifts be there ahead of time, right? <laughs> so, true. and that's how they would do it. And so, and then they would, you know, apparently after we would go to bed on Christmas Eve, they go and like put these big piles of presents under the tree. But then my dad would lock. We didn't even the door wasn't even lockable. Somehow he would lock the entry into the living room <laughs> from our from our hallway, so we couldn't get in. And it was a whole ordeal. It was like waking up in the morning. And, you know, we'd be super excited and just waiting for my dad to wake up and take a shit and do whatever <laughs> else he had to do. Come on, Dad! <laughs> yeah. And then this is back, like, you know, he had the old school camera and the flash never worked. And every single thing was we'd open the door. We had to stand there and pose for the picture as he's taking it. And, Did it flash? Goddamn camera! <laughs> <laughs> that was my oh, Christmas. Christmas. Uh, talk, talk about waiting on your dad. He's always the one like, all right, like, you, need to, you need to be up or you need to be here like at 9 o'clock. We're like, ugh, fine. They're like, 1 o'clock's one around. All right, we'll open the presents now. <laughs> and then we're always waiting on him. He's like outside, like smoking a cigarette or something. It's just like, oh, I'll be in in a minute. Like 20 minutes later, like, just to do everything in his own goddamn time. It's the worst. And then we'd open, like, so we didn't want to, like, rush through and open all our presents. So we tried to, like, space it out so that. It wouldn't necessarily take turns, but you just kind of eyeball the room. And when the present was open, you know, you'd wait a little while and open another one. Dad would, like, not open his shit. 
So we'd like almost be done, and then we just have to sit there and watch him open all of his. <laughs> that's, that's, that's an old man move. Yeah, right that's, there. that's definitely an experience. experience. <laughs> <laughs> now, we had the numbering system where my dad would. This was later in life, so this would be we don't believe in Santa anymore, but we'd still go over there Christmas morning. And every gift, no matter who it was to, me, my brother, my mom, Annie, whoever, there would be numbers. Just It would have like two so-and-so from so but there would be a number written on it. And my dad would pull out this checklist. <laughs> and, and you, someone would get a gift, and it was like, would you have, 36. Would you have to sign it? <laughs> oh, no. But it would be like, no, you can't open 36 yet. You have to open number 12 first. And then we just, it was hilarious. And he had his own system, and then, yeah. I think you were celebrating the best of this. <laughs> then we had the feats of strength. <laughs> Alright. So Christmas vacation, he drinks eggnog out of a moose glass. <laughs> he just dips it in the bowl. Mighty moose. It's good. It's good. I love that scene when he's all angry and he has the eggnog. Yeah. <laughs> <It's good. laughs> Merry Christmas, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he gets on this big rant about his boss. So before that, yeah, they... You know, everything's going horrible. They can't get the lights on. A cat chews through one of the Christmas wires get, gets electrocuted. Uh, just kind of the the start of the downfall of it all. Uh, it's on the cover, isn't it? The Christmas tree gets burned down. Uh, which prompts a squirrel to appear. And it's like a scene where everybody's running from the squirrel. So I think the squirrel appeared first. Did it appear first? I think so, because then later on, the uh, cousin Eddie's dog drinks all the water, so then the tree gets all dried up. That's and then one of the grandparents like lights his stogie by that's the fire. Right. Yeah, it's too late to start fire Squirrel! <laughs> Close up, the old man screaming, "Squirrel!" All right. So, so they finally get to the dinner, the big dinner. Clark actually has a moment of peace when he's looking out over the the family. They actually managed to sit everybody down. Uh, cousin. Uh, uh, no. Um, cousin Catherine is taking Eddie's uh, wife. Cousin Eddie's wife is taking on cooking the turkey, and they open it up, and turkey looks awesome. And Clark has the uh, the grandmother, his grandmother, say grace, <laughs> and she starts reciting the pledge of allegiance yeah. instead. That's oh, pretty yeah. nice. Uh, but play ball. Yeah, she uh, has no idea what's going on. So Clark cuts in the turkey, and in a pretty funny gag, the turkey just kind of bursts open, and there's like nothing inside. It's all just like basically disintegrated. Like somehow she's made the turkey look awesome on the outside, but just completely like uh, burnt up whatever was inside. And uh, <laughs> for Clark's. Starting to cut it. Uh, Randy Quaid's character, Eddie says, Save me the net, Clark! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the turkey's a disaster. Um, everything spirals you know, out from there. They actually get to Christmas. Uh, yeah, like they were saying, the, the Christmas tree catches on fire. Um, Clark loses his shit because his boss, who. He's in charge of sending the bonuses out for everybody that Clark works with. Uh, has sent him a membership to the Jelly of the Month Club. Hmm. Uh, this whole time, Clark's been depending on the bonus so he can use that money to build a swimming pool. Uh, 
which we know this because they talk about it, but he also has this fantasy where he's looking out the window and he just kind of hallucinates that he sees a swimming pool out there with all the family. And then all of a sudden, the the girl that was selling the underwear is there just by herself in a bathing suit. She strips down. And here's where we get like borderline PG 13R. There's definitely some side boob there. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and this is in the middle of the night when uh, one of the little girls that's staying in his house walks up behind him and freaks him out. Uncle Clark, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> or she, well, she thinks he's Santa. Are you oh, Santa? Yeah. Nope, just Clark. And speaking of staying up, kids staying up all night to, to bust Santa and dropping off presents, I, I think as a kid I tried to do it once or twice. But kids are dumb and don't realize there's no way they're going to stay away for that. I don't know if you guys ever tried to pull that. No, because I wouldn't get gifts then. This is the stupidest idea ever. <laughs> he doesn't come if you're awake. It's true. <laughs> but I, I wanted to see the present. Like, I wanted to know they were there. Uh, so Clark yeah, goes on this rant about how he wishes his boss was there because you know, he's such an asshole. Uh, you kind of see Eddie in the background raise his eyebrows and go, huh. Uh, some more stuff happens, and all of a sudden, Randy Quaid shows up, and which is a, in a theme of the the series. There's been another kidnapping. <laughs> Randy Quaid is kidnapped by yeah. his boss. Uh, but he, it's kind of the same thing in the first movie. The police show up. Uh, his boss's wife shows up, but chews out the boss because he gave out such cheap gifts instead of bonuses. And all is forgiven. A real bonus is handed out. Uh, you know, the family. Yeah. The important thing is that the family's together, I guess, is the message. Uh, and they're getting cool. Yeah, all this all this happens, like, uh, shortly before uh, Julie Louise's life just gets mauled to death, by the way. They just leave her to get murdered <laughs> uh, in an earlier scene when the squirrel jumps out of the front door and then jumps on her, who happens to be standing at the front door, and then this gigantic Rottweiler jumps on that and they just leave her out there to die. Kind of a yeah, kind of a rough video. So, dark ending. I wanted to bring up one thing. So the scene where he's looking at the pool and the girl walks in. That's where I think these movies like they, it does show like heart scenes there where the girl talks about Santa never coming and everything, and it kind of breaks Clark's heart. And that's when he talks to Eddie about buying presents, and then so it has a little bit of emotion. Then you find out Eddie like knew this was going to happen. So he just hands him a gift, like a Christmas list. Here's the list. I can't let you do that, Clark. But here you go. <laughs> yeah. So, but it does have a little bit of a heart. It's just not all gags. And you can see Clark at least does get to buy some gifts for her who never had a Christmas, which is sad. Yeah, there, there is uh, another scene in that same vein where Clark's in the attic with him or something. He winds up getting trapped there because everybody leaves the house. He almost freezes to death up there. <laughs> While he's up there, he pulls out an old projector and uh, just throws on some old family movies uh, of, of past, past Christmases. Yeah, and... Uh, it's kind of a touching little scene, you know, without him freezing to death anyways. Uh, but yeah, she kind of, this little girl kind of, is like the tiny Tim. She's yeah. like, she's, she's like a speech impediment or something? I forget. Or she, they talk about what happened to her, like, <laughs> falls down a well, goes cross-eyed, mule kicks her, everything's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that, yeah. <laughs> Doctors don't know. <laughs> <laughs> So you, you get to the end, and you know again, all is forgiven despite the kidnapping. Uh, 
and you get the the happy ending. Yeah. Although the house is destroyed, the neighbor's house is destroyed. So yeah, the other gag which we kind of we mentioned the Christmas lights, but the whole time he sets it all up and none of them work, and there's a whole thing about him trying to get them to work and everything, checking every bulb, and meanwhile because it's plugged into a switch, a uh, socket that needs a switch to be on, and I thought that was hilarious. Just, yeah. Kids, come out and look! And then she goes and turns off the switch, and she doesn't know. And he's all upset. Starts kicking over Santa, the light of Santa. <laughs> Freaking epic when he's so desperate, and he slow motion just slaps the two connections together, and sparks start flying, and then the lights finally come on. Yeah. She flipped it at the exact same time. <laughs> yeah, it's like him putting it in super hard in slow motion made it work. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the lights from his house are so bright that the... Those are like two separate jokes from that. First, like, it blinds the next door neighbors. And they're like, about to drink, like, snooty wine and bone or something. <coughs> they, like, drop everything. Mm. Wine and bone. Yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> don't they have, like, maybe think of a different movie, but don't they have to, like, flip something at the actual power plant? Uh, I don't remember. I know that I there, there's a shot of, what are the wattage hour spinners? Are, like, <laughs> Yeah, going crazy, <laughs> just taking up so much damn juice. So yeah, happy ending. Uh, one of one of my favorite Christmas movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like it's good because it doesn't have the super sappy. Like, I mean, it touches on it like Jeff's saying, but you know, it, yeah, enough to keep it grounded. But yeah, and, and that's also about like crazy family shit. I mean, everybody can relate to that. At least on some small level. Yeah. So. Yep. And, uh, well, I mean, super sappy ending is like the, sh- the sewer blows up and... Right, yeah. <laughs> the yeah, this plastic Santa Claus was flying through the yep, sky. Yep, the, and there's the foreshadowing for that, too. When uh, Clark says, a- a- after he notices Eddie dumping the chemicals in the storm drain, he's like, oh, that's a storm sewer. Like, it really doesn't go anywhere. I, I feel sorry for, like, the idiot that lights a match next to it. But they were getting lights to match within 10 feet of it. Yeah. Yeah, happy ending. Yeah, I mean, I this might be my favorite Christmas movie. I love to- I love Christmas Story. Um, I don't know. It's, it's one of these two. I mean, the old classic Christmas Carol, all the different versions of those are good. But probably this or Christmas Story are my favorite. And Die Hard. And Die Hard. Of course. So, I mean, this one, this one is as close to recreating my experience as a kid at Christmas. Like, just that time period. Yeah, because we were kids during Yes, that. exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's a little hard to relate to a Christmas story. True. Better about Christmas care. Even harder. All right. It's time for Neom News. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. Alright, um, since we've been a couple weeks, there's a lot of stuff, and more mind, more reviews, um, a little bit of news. So we had the Civil War trailer, I'm, I'm sure you guys want to talk about that. Yes. Uh, so, Scott, you seem to be the resident Marvel guy, what'd you think? Oh, uh, so good. Uh, just the, again, just the, the whole gigantic Marvel Universe and all these other movies, and it totally makes sense that they really really buttheads uh, Cap and Tony Stark you know, is, um, especially after the last movie but just 
just based on like cool shit from the trailer, I, I would go see this anyways. Yeah, but yeah, it looks like it's it's following everything it needs to. Yeah, I, mean, I like it too. And I, I guess the one thing they got one line of just you know I thought I was your friend too or whatever. Yeah, it kind of makes it look like Cap was like a dick. Yeah, like, oh, oh no, he's totally the villain of this. He's totally like on the wrong side of this. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't. He's not necessarily a villain, but yeah, he's definitely. Cap's right. He's always right. Um, <laughs> it's just like kind of like yeah, I had a friend and then. Now I got a new friend. Oh, my old friend's back. Fuck you. I'm going to hang out with my old friend again. That's kind of like what I get out of this. But it was definitely cool. I mean, I mean it totally makes sense, too, that like Cap, I mean, from the first Captain America movie, still feels responsible for what happened to Bucky. Um, you know, that's, that's where, you know, his loyalty lies with this guy, you know. So he's going to stick with him. Yeah, but by ditching his other friends. I don't know. Like I said, we don't know the reasons behind it. Well, I mean, part of it's too is like the whole registration thing, which he might just be against anyways. Correct. I don't know, that. I know there's some. This is based on a comic. I don't know how um, rely or accurate it is to the comic, but whatever. Yeah, it looks interesting. Looks good. And then there's like the last like five seconds of the trailer. Which, yeah, yeah, it's pretty rad. All right, and then the other trailer that just came out yesterday was the Batman v Superman trailer. Yes. Did you guys see this yet? Yeah. I- just watched it before we started recording. So, what'd you guys think? Uh, you talk about spoilers in the Star Wars trailer. Yeah, oh god. Um, I, I was, you know, less concerned with this because I'm not okay. Like of, yeah, of the this. properties, uh, you know. But anyways, uh, yeah, there shit. There's all kinds of spoilers in this. But uh, I, I did see you get to see more of how Eisenberg is going to play Luther. Just kind of this foppish, like, oh, Clark Kent meets Bruce Wayne, you know, kind of, kind of like how I always like to think of Emperor, yeah, Emperor Palpatine, oh, <laughs> you know, like kind of thing. But uh, yeah, I mean, there was, you know, more rad stuff happening in the trailer. This is you get a lot more from like Clark's point of view in this one, too. Yeah, I think the original no, trailer, he's just kind of there. You don't really hear too much from him. I liked it. I thought it was cool. I just think it gave it just showed way too much. It's like, yeah, I know trailers do that these days, but this one just seemed, you know, like way too much. It's called Batman v Superman, and this trailer takes you past that. Okay, they fought each other. Now they're like, clearly they have to, yeah, join forces first. Yeah, but you would not. I don't. know. I did not want to see who the villain was going to be. Yeah. And then the reveal of, you know, Wonder Woman. Spoilers. Um, which everyone, you know, everyone knew she was in the movie, but that kind of seemed like that was her intro, right? So like, I, I, why I have expected that in that, that sh- the money shot. <laughs> With them standing there that, like, Aquaman would, like, walk in from off the <laughs> like, hey, guys. You know. Aquaman like, come flying down yeah, like from a, the sky. Like, riding him like a fucking dolphin or something. I don't know. No, it would be a fly fish. Yeah. Whatever it would be. And like the flash to come like running by. Hey, yeah. who'd you guys need to know? Yeah, it's like That's cool. I mean and both of these, you know, we have Civil War and this are two of the main characters from their universes fighting each other, so that's cool. And these are like we got Star Wars and then we got Superman, and then we got Civil War. Pretty good for uh geek films. Yeah, over the next someone said when Batman v Superman's coming out. I know Cap's coming out in May. 
Yeah, I think it's March. Okay. Yeah, that's that's a pretty good stretch. Yeah, nice pacing. Yeah. Spacing. All right, and then um, a couple other things, uh, some reviews. Before I do that, Star Wars, you, you guys know we love it and I love it, but there's so many goddamn Star Wars commercials now that I want to throw up. It's commercials for the movie are the least of it. It's commercials for Verizon, for batteries, for whatever. It's like I can't get BB-8 and Chewbacca off my screen. It's like, fuck. They're, they've, they've all boarded the hype train. Oh, it, it's just it's get <laughs> overkill for me. Um, yeah, no, that I was. Look at it. So tired of that, and then uh, just a couple reviews. I saw Creed. Oh, how was that? Uh, that was pretty good. Yeah, I've heard good things. Uh, yeah, it was actually really good. It's it's not as fun as like say Super or uh, Superman, the Rocky like three and four, but it's definitely a better movie than those two. It does like rival. It doesn't rival the first one, but it's it's definitely a really good story. I liked everything about it. I, I thought it was pretty cool. Recommend it. Um, I watched Jessica Jones on Netflix. Okay, so I'm four or five episodes into that. How you like I, it? I like it. I like it a lot. I really yeah. like uh, Kristen Ritter. Um, I, I like the whole kind of jazzy, uh, like noir thing they're going for. Although they kind of dropped that after the first couple episodes. Yeah. I like that, you know, they're trying to keep it realistic. They haven't had to do anything too ridiculous. Uh, Alex says it's awesome. Okay, good. Um, yeah, Alex is having mic trouble, so we're kind of trying to get his feedback. Um, yeah, the, uh, I liked it. Like I said, I think all the characters are good. Some of them I didn't like at first, and they all kind of grew on me, and I really liked them, especially the villain. Um, Except, except you're not that far. We almost spoiled. But one of the characters I kind of get annoyed with. It's kind of lame. Yeah. But other than that, yeah, really good. So I did, I did like. Let's uh, point anything here. One of the main characters meets her, and he asks her what her superhero name is, and she's like, uh, "I don't really have one. I'm just Jessica Jones." And he's like, "Oh," he's like really disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thought that was a great little scene. No, nope, I'm just Jessica Jones. So, so yeah, I, I would think it's a comic book. You know, it's based on a comic book, but it's not really comic booky. I mean, yeah, there are aspects to it, but to me, it didn't feel like just like how Daredevil, even but even more so than Daredevil, like it didn't really feel like superheroish. I guess just to say, even though there's powers involved, it didn't seem that. Yeah. I, I did like how they set the villain so far, where he's just kind of this like weenie. Kind of guy, you seem like freak out. Like he's not the super in control, like Hans Gruber type. When he could have easily gone in that direction, it's like no, he's kind of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And, uh, and I as like with that. yeah, and as with Daredevil, it's like he, this guy's not one of them villains out for world domination. It is a totally different agenda, right? And yeah, that, like that's that. the other thing is like how he's just like this incredibly self-centered, selfish. Like, yeah, he could be doing so much more, but he's like. Well, part of it's probably just because he doesn't want to get caught doing it, but um, yeah, he he's thinking small, as it were. Yep. And then the last thing, I just found out about it. <laughs> I'm sorry, reading Alex's comments, and because I'm brown. Yeah, I don't know what that was in reference to now. All right. Um, just found out about it. There's 
something called the Star Wars Anti-Cheese Edit. Have you heard of this? Is this one is this somebody going back to the movie and like removing Jar Jar from it or something like that? Well, not removing Jar Jar, but um, oh, Alex says he's bra- we muted him because he's brown. All right, and because your mic doesn't work. Anyway, um, yeah, they went back to the prequels and they took out everything they thought was cheesy, but then they just remove stuff. So like the Nemoidians at the beginning, he got rid of the whole Asian stereotype voice. And put it in alien language and subtitle them. And then mm. made it be like dialogue that's better. Jar Jar is, speaks an alien language. He's subtitled. And edited out a lot of stuff. Um, like they don't even go to the underwater city. <laughs> yeah. Queen Amidala. Um, Hello, Viceroy. They kind of like pit, made her voice sound like a girl. Not whatever what she was trying to do. Um, just stuff like that. I've only seen the first like 10 minutes of it. And it definitely made it a little better. <laughs> interesting. It's still the prequels and it still sucks, but it's interesting. So um, if you guys have some spare time, uh, they're all on YouTube. Just look up Anti-Cheese Edit and check it out. That's my news. Okay. Uh, for me, yeah, you went over a lot of the stuff I wanted to. Um, just a quick review. I saw the movie Chef. Okay. Uh, I don't know if we've seen that. It's on Netflix currently. Uh, John Favreau, uh, John Leguizamo, uh, Sofia Vergara, and the small role from ScarJo. Not Chief? Not Chief. Uh, and it was good. Uh, a lot of the movie is food porn. Like a solid, at least if you, if you went back and edited the movie, you could put together like at least a half hour of people cooking stuff. But it all looks really good, so uh, I think a lot of us are suckers for that kind of stuff. But yeah, it's a it's a sweet little movie uh, about a about a man who kind of reconnects with his with his son and uh, his you know gets his life back on track. Yeah, I recommend it. Uh, Alex wants us to say that he also loves. Would you type there, Alex? He also loves. My Little Pony. He's in. He's in fact admitting to us now over type that he is a brony. Anyways, yeah, that's it for my news. All right, let's do our Star Wars list. What are they? All right, so my list uh, that I called out for was top five favorite names. All right. My first one is Yariel Poof. <laughs> All right. I have no idea who that he's, is. Yeah, he's one of the stupid Jedi's on the uh, Council and Phantom Menace. He's well, I think he's got a furry head or the long head. I don't know, but Yariel Poof Bump. Okay, there you go. That's for Alex. Uh, my number five is also for Alex, uh, and that would be Salacious Crumb. Normally at this at this time, oh! <laughs> if Alex do his impression, but uh, yeah, we'll have to settle for Jeff's, which isn't bad. Uh, it's better than mine. Ah! Yeah, mine's horrible. Uh, but yeah, number number five, Slash Scrum. I actually like the name too because it's just so stupid. Like this little thing is named Salacious Crumb. Because <laughs> like, I, I think Salacious is a real yeah, Salacious is a real word. So is Crumb. Crumb's a real word. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. But you, you put them together, you think like, oh, that's like 
one of the high lords in the Senate. Nope, it's this little weird pet thing. Uh, anyways, Alex, what's your five? You should have typed it out by now. Or log on and say it. Best daddy. Alex, number five is Hammerhead. All right. What's your number four, Alex? Later named Mamau Nadon. All right, that's Hammerhead, I guess. Right. Well, Alex is getting his four. Uh, Jeff, what's your four? Well, Alex is said Alex's number four is a Monomon, and I think that's the guy who shits out of his mouth. <laughs> is that correct, Alex? Alex? <laughs> yeah, he's laughing. I think it's true. And I know he's in a uh, Jabba's palace, and he's like, he's in a background character, and he's got like skulls on a stick, and you kind of see him. He's a very minor character, but yeah, once once again, I think Alex has gone out of his way to make a dumb list. Oh, Monomon is like the worst name ever. I like, I mean, it's it's a Lucas name. Yeah. Speaking of Lucas, my number four is Baron Papanoida. <laughs> and that is the character that Lucas actually played in Revenge of the Sith. He's a big blue alien. His name is Papanoida. Baron Papanoida. Okay. I remember four. Um, yeah. Am I number three or your number three? It's your number my four. My number four, just because he's so damn smooth. Lando Calrissian, smoothest brother in the galaxy. Yeah, I had him on my list too, just because Lando is cool, and then it taught war- kids to say the world Calrissian. And also, he's not a system; he's a man. That was true. Right. Uh, let's see. So we're on to our number threes, right? Yeah. Uh, my number three is, in fact, not a name of a person, but the name of a ship. I thought you were going to say a system. No. <laughs> uh, the Millennium Falcon. Uh, the Millennium Falcon is going to make its way onto many top five lists having to do with Star Wars. <laughs> uh, various types, but it's just a badass name for a ship. Nice. All right, my number three is Chewbacca. Okay. I, lo- I love that. I love it's Chewbacca, even his nickname, Chewie. Yeah. It's cool. Classic Star Wars. Alex, number three. Which you should have had type. Okay. Panda Baba. Walrus Man. <laughs> Panda Baba. That's a good name. That's a guy who gets his arm chopped off. Yeah. Good job. As we learned in Robot Chicken, he was just, you know, minding his own business. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Alex, number two is Jabba the Hutt. I never really, I don't know if I don't like his name. I think it's, it's a good name. As, as, as I brought up before, I've always been confused by, by the hut thing, because at first I, th- I thought that was his race, but that's just like Don Jabba or whatever, like Don Corleone. Because non, non whatever Jabba's races can can also be huts. Just whatever in the movies, they're always the Jabba creatures, though. The huts are gangsters. The huts are gangsters, which leads to an honorable mention for Captain Panaka. <laughs> that the is the sound of uh, Panaka being sprayed. Easy pet detective. That's a thing. Uh, all right. Uh, so Alex's number two is Jabba. Jeff, what's yours? Um, Darth Vader. Okay. Once again, that's one of those things where I I don't know. I think his name originally was Darth Vader, but now Darth became a yeah. <laughs> what a, a it's title still, or whatever. But I like awesome. I like Vader is just like ominous enough. 
but not on the nose like subsequent ones like Darth Maul. Sidious? Or, like, I mean, Darth Maul is, is cool, but it's like, okay, we get the idea. Or Yeah, Darth Sidious. Yeah. Uh, Darth Bad Guy. Yeah, exactly. Darth Tyrannus, as yeah, Alex says. Yeah. yeah. Terrible. So, yeah, just vaguely. And then Vader's actually like uh, very similar to the, the German word for father. So they kind of spoiled the whole thing with the name. Yeah. Darth Father. Yep. And what's your number two? Uh, my number two is Han Solo. Uh, that was I was choosing between Vader and Solo. Yeah, I, I I think we got our swapped here, <laughs> so we get to my number one. But uh, yeah, the the Han Solo, um, the the Han is kind of cool, uh, but the Solo is is like again back back when the names were cool. It describes the character without being too on the nose. It's like Solo, like he's, you know, he's a rogue. He's on his own. He plays by his own rule. Uh, yeah, it's cool. It rolls off the tongue. Easily memorable. Han Solo. Yeah. And the Han part. So it's hilarious when they announce the names of these newer characters for um, Force Awakens. They're all these like Ray or Faye, something Ray. They're all like these uh, single syllable uh, names. Like, that's stupid. Why don't they have cool names? Like, and I was like, oh, wait, Han, <laughs> Luke. Except for Leia, I guess. And then these, because we don't know, there's rumors that these these people could be Han Solo's kids or Luke's kids. So it would be like Ray Solo or Ray Skywalker or something like that. So I don't know. It's just funny that I saw these stupid names. Like, That's stupid. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> the names in the real Star Wars were cool. Um, so uh, number one is where we're at, or we do Alex's two. Yeah, we do Alex's two. So I'll do my number one. Okay. Mine is actually just the last name Skywalker. Such a cool, cool, cool. Cool, cool name. Kermit Skyhopper. Yeah, only only second to Skyhopper. Um, but yeah, just love it. Whether it's Luke or Leia or Anakin, whoever has the name, it's just it's an awesome, awesome last All name. All right, trivia. Let's see if you can get this out first. Alex Typing or Jeff Vocally. What was the original name? Starkiller. <laughs> Jeff's got it. One of the few pieces of Star Wars trivia I actually know. Uh, Alex Types, damn it. That's wrong, Alex. That's not, yeah. His last name was not, damn it. Not only were you slower, but you were wrong. Yeah, and like, Star, Star, Skywalker sits so night cooler. I mean, Star Killer is cool, but Skywalker's better. In the video games, I think one of the, like, the Force Unleashed games, they call the guy Star, Star Killer. It's dumb. Alex, what's your number one? <laughs> Salacious Crumb. Alex, unmute and say it even to a crappy mic. Do it. Oh. <laughs> All right, your mic's not that bad right yeah, now. All right. Yeah, right, right, mute yourself. Mute again. Hey, <laughs> Honorable mention to Ham Solo. Yeah, Hans. Hans. Luke Starbucker. Seriously. I have mute. Oh no, it was Ham Salad. Mute. What? Is my mic yeah. bad again? Yes. Oh. I thought you guys were just being dicks. Oh, we are. All right, good job. Flesh is crumb. Good job, Alex. Scott? I hate that guy. Number one, Darth Vader. Red. Ominous. Uh, All-time greatest villain. It's an all-time great name. 
There it is. All right, that wraps up this week. But before we leave, we got to pick a topic for next week. And to stick with the Christmas thing, uh, I gave it away. Christmas theme, let's talk about the thing. <laughs> All right. There's snow. There's snow. I watched it and during Christmas break. Um, it's filled with the Christmas spirit. Yeah, during I remember in high school, my terrible history teacher let us watch Die Hard <laughs> and The Thing we w- the week before Christmas vacation. We watched uh, Jurassic Park and uh, Dumb and Dumber and South Park. See, at least mine was on point. There was snow involved. <laughs> and um, we're getting close here to a star. As far as a Star Wars topic, let's just do um, <laughs> Alex is true. Dumb and Dumber had Lloyd Christmas. So, good on your teacher. Um, Star Wars topic. Let's do... We're running out of time. So let's just do our favorite moments. Just the flat out favorite moments of the movies. And that'll be it. Anything else? Nope. Alright. Um, Alex is gone, but he says goodbye. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Alex, you're the worst. But you can't say anything about Mike is terrible. Alex type, we will be able to regret this. I don't know what that means. This pisses me off to no end.